welcome to the Burbs Minute Podcast, quite possibly the greatest Geraldo Rivera movie ever made. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Thercoach. In this episode, we're covering Minute 97 of the Burbs, which begins with Art saying, Geraldo Rivera's coming, and ends with, God, I love this street. You realize half the audience doesn't know who Geraldo Rivera is. <sighs> Listen, everybody knows who Geraldo is. <laughs> I hope so. Actually, I would say everybody, trying to judge it from our ages, 30 and up. Knows yeah. who Geraldo is? That's what I was thinking, 30 and up. Yeah. So uh, he's starting off with Geraldo Rivera, so we're going to get right into it. <laughs> so in 1989, when this would have been made, Geraldo was at the top of his game. His talk show started in 1987. Well, here, I'll give you a quick – with the, his quick overview. Geraldo Rivera is an American attorney, reporter, author, and talk show host, which I think he's best known for. He was the host of the talk show Geraldo, which ran from 87 to 98. Then he hosted Geraldo at Large and blah, 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 and a bunch of other stuff that was on Fox News. I think you're wrong. I think he's best known for that giant mustache of his. You think? <laughs> he's got a big mustache. I think he's best known for being, like, uh, one of the – what do they call it on here? Trash TV. Yeah. I mean, he's got a bunch of other stuff. He was the first one – first major te- – he was on the first network television mention of AIDS in 1983. A bunch of other stuff. I'll, I'll give you the two things that I remember him for, and they're both listed on his Wikipedia in uh, – 1986, he hosted The Mystery of Al Capone's Vault. I remember that. talking about here. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah, I remember watching it. So I would have been seven when that was on, and I can remember watching it. The special <laughs> broadcast was billed as the unearthing of Capone's secret vaults located at the old Lexington Hotel. Millions of people watched the two-hour show, and all they uncovered was dirt. Yep, nothing. I do remember that. Yeah. So that's what they're saying here. They're going to go into their the Klopex basement and look for stuff. And excavate, so, excavate, yeah. Yeah, so this would have been fresh news then. It was only, like, less than three years later. Yeah. The other thing I remember is, what year was it? 1988. Rivera's nose was broken in a well-publicized brawl during a show whose guests included white supremacists, anti-racist skinheads, black activist Roy Innes, and Jewish activists. Well, <laughs> who knew putting all them on the same stage wouldn't go wrong? Yeah, that probably wasn't a great idea. I don't remember that one. I remember him going into a pyramid or something. A pyramid? Yeah, I don't watching David Copperfield. I was watching David Copperfield. He went in the, like they opened up somebody's tomb and he went in there. Oh, you know what? I do remember something else he did. Oh God, where is it at? It's got to be on here somewhere. But he went. I know he was overseas somewhere. He was embedded and he gave away their position. Oh really? Yeah, I kind of remember that too. Yeah. Oh God, I can't. I can't find it. <laughs> There's, there's a bunch of really. I'm not reading all. There's a bunch of strange stuff they'll do in the war about like. Him claiming to be places and not being there and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> uh, here's one. You'll, it'll, if this one's only good for us, but I'll read it anyway. Although he considered running as a Republican in the United States Senate special election in New Jersey in 2013, he eventually <laughs> decided not to stand for election. <laughs> oh, you know what? Because I'm sure he had a good chance of winning. You never know. <laughs> good point. <laughs> you never can tell these days with elections who's going to end never- up winning them. <laughs> All right, so this minute we, uh, we started out with, uh, you know, Art's yelling behind them as they're trying to walk away. They're trying to do the right thing and walk away from Art, which is a good move. Yeah, and he just follows. They totally ignore him. Yeah, and then an, an old couple in their bathrobe walks by in front of the camera. <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> what? Because I thought it was Walter at first. No, it's somebody else. Well, I didn't even notice. Uh, if you notice Art in the background when he's yelling at them, Art's still got a handcuff dangling from his hand. Does he? Yeah. I didn't notice that. I don't even remember them cuffing him. Oh, I see it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, when you're looking at Ray 
and uh, God, I forgot her name, Carol, when they're up front. Uh, if you look off to the right, a guy in a white jacket looks like he's riding Pee Wee Herman's bike. <laughs> he stole it. <laughs> he, he stole it. <laughs> it's not at the Alamo. This guy has it. <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> Listen, uh, I have been to the Alamo. I've been on the Alamo tour, and I did ask when we were going to see the basement. I wonder how many people do that. <laughs> Listen, I did it. I did it twice, actually. I went there two different times. The first time I did it, the lady responded to me, oh, come on, honey, we don't have a basement. <laughs> and I was like, yes, somebody that gets it. The Thank second you. time I did it, I got a blank stare. <laughs> I was like, ugh, guess you never saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> You're no fun. Get out of here. I want a different host. <laughs> so then we get uh, we get to see the Rumsfelds for uh, one more time. You know, he's a, he's a real gentleman. He's got his, he's all buttoned up in his, like, jacket. He's letting the wife out there to freeze to death. Oh, yeah. She's got that low-cut shirt on. She knows she's freezing. Yeah. Ah, but he needs her to look good. <laughs> so they let him know that your wife's home yeah. and your house is on fire. Art, your wife's home. <laughs> so I'm going to talk specifically. I'm going to I'm going to stop at 36 seconds. Or is this where I'm, I'm going to stop at 15 seconds. You can see the Rumsfelds and about a half dozen firemen running into the house. Yeah. These are the worst firemen I've ever seen. <laughs> They knew that this place had been crashed into. They were already up there looking at it. By yes. the time we see the fire, the whole downstairs is on fire. And the hole is bigger than the ambulance now. Before, the hole went around the ambulance. Did they set the fire? Yeah. <laughs> One of the firemen's a pyro and started it. And Art's wife's standing there in full pink. Even her suitcases are yeah. pink. <laughs> I thought that too. Um, she At first I was like, she kind of looks like mini Art. I would have loved that they didn't make her like – because she looks like a you know a larger woman kind of like how art is. Yeah. You would have loved that she was – I wish she was just something totally different, something unexpected. <laughs> like a nine-year-old woman? Well, not even that. Or like just like – I guess you wouldn't want it to be like stunningly beautiful because that's kind of like what Rumsfeld's doing. Right. Okay. I, or like – I mean this day and age, it would be like you, to really have any value to it, it had to be like – I don't even know what. A guy? A man. That's not even shocking. Not anymore. <laughs> and, I mean, it wouldn't have worked because they kept referring to her as his wife. Yeah. I mean, just anything. I mean, you never get to see her. You see her from 30 feet away. It's just a, a random lady. My first thought when I saw her was, and I'm really going to get a good deep nerd on you here. I'm going to see if you know it. When I first saw her, I immediately thought she was uh, Dolores Umbridge. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think I outnerded you on this one. So. Uh, she is from Harry Potter. Oh, wow. I've seen them. I don't know all their names. So make sure you listen to the Harry Potter minute, and you would know these things. <laughs> At least you would, um, like four seasons from now when they get to the fourth movie. I think that's that when she shows up. She's from the fourth movie. That's probably another reason why I don't know who it is. I've seen like the first three. Oh, she's just she's an awful, horrible person that you will hate. If only because you went to school at some point or you knew a woman like this at some point. Okay. <laughs> Just she has a face to hate and everything about her is hateful. Like you – most people hate her more than the main villain of the movie. No. Because no. it's a much more visceral hatred, and that's what she looks like. She wears all pink. And that's what <laughs> made me think of it. I'm like, that's who that looks like. She's a – It's not her unless she's a time traveler, <laughs> which I guess is not – and then – They're magic, so. Yeah. And then Art gives the line of, my wife is home. <laughs> yeah, perfectly. I'm trying to watch in the background as they're putting the ambulance out right before he's talking to Ricky to see if you see Art again. But all you see is I see the camera crew run over, but I can't really see what Art's doing. I can see the Rumsfelds kind of. Yeah. Yeah, so he tells Ricky he's going away for a while, more than likely to prison. <laughs> <laughs> because I understand that he was right. He still blew up somebody's house. 
uh, Ricky says, uh, Mr. Peterson, where are you going? It's just starting to get good. <laughs> yeah. Ricky, it's over. Yeah, Ricky, go to bed. Yeah. So I have written down here, he says, uh, I want you to keep an eye on the neighborhood for me. Right that th- line right there that he gives, <laughs> Yeah. that is, that reminds me of more serious Tom Hanks, who we'd get later. Well, that line right there is the setup for Burbs too. Yeah. Oh, where's Ricky? <laughs> yeah, it's Ricky. Ricky's no, I got a better one. It's it is Ricky, but how Burbs two starts is Ricky dies. Or <laughs> Ricky is the one that goes missing. Somebody kills Ricky. So they have to come back into the neighborhood and find out what happened to Ricky. Who does? Tom Hanks and You know, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say you can't get Tom Hanks. <laughs> and he's the only one left, right? No, Bruce Dern's still around. Bruce Dern. Yeah, you can pull Bruce Dern. Uh, I think uh, Wendy, Wendy Shaw's still around, his wife. Yeah. So yeah, what are we... You don't, you don't carry Fisher anymore? Right. Not you were not that you had any chance in hell of getting her anyway. Probably not. You're not getting Tom Hanks. Yeah, you'd have to... I mean, the best you could ever hope for, and that would only be if... I mean, basically, unless Joe Dante directed it or, like, his son was in it. Even then, I think you're asking. The best you could hope for was, like, a walk-on. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, beyond that, yeah, you weren't getting anything. You, you, hey, Tom, you mind uh, coming to, to star in this film that literally costs less than your asking price is now? <laughs> like, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I, uh, God, how much did the burbs cost? Uh, I don't remember. But I mean, what do you assume uh, Tom Hanks' asking price is for these days? I couldn't imagine. What, 20 million, maybe? Millions and millions. And millions! Come on, how can you do that and not do that? <laughs> Oh, I went to the wrong thing. Oh, well, it'd be helpful finding what I was doing to find out. That was his thing. So, my dog doesn't care for that. Broke something. Yeah, that was, that was me breaking my leg. The budget was $18 million. Yeah, it's that's probably less than what Tom Hanks makes now. <laughs> and I realize it was, you know, 1989, but that still does not translate to like a $100 million movie now. No. no. I tried to look up how much that Tom Hanks makes, but it just tells me how much he makes total. <laughs> Which makes you sick to your stomach, right? I mean, it was like $350 million. Actually, it does not make me sick to my stomach, but it's Tom Hanks. Right, it's true. He kind of He's one of the ones who actually does deserve it. So, yeah, so I'll give you like his last few movies. So, Cast Away, $20 million. Da Vinci Code, $18 million. He made $50 million on Angels and Demons. Wow. Because he got a piece of the profit. <laughs> Here's a good one. $15 million for Toy Story 3. $10 million for Cloud Atlas. 15 for Captain Phillips. 10 for Mr. Banks. 17.5 for Bridge of Spies. And another 15 for Toy Story 4. Wow. I'm telling you one thing, though. He is... He must be a decent fellow in this way. He's doing Toy Story 4 at the same price he did to- Toy Story 3. Yeah. Eight years before. Right. He could have gouged Disney at that point. He definitely could have. He could have been like, yeah, $30 million or you don't have me. And, and, they they, pay, and they would have had to pay it. Right. They can't say we're going to change Woody's voice. Yeah. <laughs> the original Toy Story, he was paid $50,000 for. Wow. And he was already a huge star because the year before that was Forrest Gump's where he made $70 million. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he had, again, he had a piece of the profit. That movie was huge. That movie, yeah, that movie was huge. That soundtracks and everything. That movie. Well, I can give you what he was paid for in the Burbs. So out of that $18 million price tag three and a half million was for him oh wow really well i guess like 89 he was 88 was big so he was already uh he wasn't a, he wasn't he was coming on to, into his own yeah but i didn't expect three and a half million well he did <laughs> <laughs> i 
I mean, he got 1-7 for big. Okay. And he actually took less because in punchline at 88, he got 5. Wow. So that was good. That was actually lower for him because then he got five again the next year for Bonfire of the Vanity. So three and a half was him doing a favor. Did he like this movie? Maybe he, he either liked this movie or liked who he was working with or like the director or whatever. Or just realized he didn't really need that much money. Or just realized that like what? There's no location shooting. Right. I don't have to go anywhere. But I can just that... drive twenty minutes from my house to this place every day. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes it a little uh, a little easier to take. Yeah, it makes it pretty appetizing. Yeah, so he tells Ricky he's going to keep an eye on neighborhood for him. Many a fan fiction in our mind has been written about that. <laughs> you betcha, Mr. Peterson. Yeah. Still being a, being a stand-up kid. Then he winks at him with his good eye. <laughs> yeah. In the background, we still see uh, Art's house on fire, which is great. Ricky watches them walk up to their house. Um, Carol has to help him up the steps. <laughs> I didn't even notice that uh, Ricky's walking around with a pizza in his hand. Yeah, I, I didn't notice it until they were standing on the walkway. Did you see what he – I don't know. If, did we get to it in this minute, what he does with the pizza? When he crunches it up. He kind of makes a fist and just squishes it in his own yeah, hand. Yeah, that's at like 53 seconds and he squishes it. No, because <laughs> we get all the way to the end where he looks down the barrel of the camera and says, God, I love this street. And at well, the end, it's like they well, wrote it for us. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so nice of Joe Dante to put that right at the end of our minute so I could do the God, I love this street. <laughs> well, I think – where did Vince come from? Vince came running up the walkway. Yeah, Clark. I don't know. <laughs> he just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, he – yeah, this is a nice fourth wall break from uh, Corey Feldman. Perfect, yeah. Just so, yeah, who's he talking know. to? What? Who's he talking to? God, I love this street. Talking to us. Yeah, he's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you haven't noticed, there's been some surreal elements in this movie. <laughs> Trying to get to the, uh, trying to look up the fourth wall break here. The fourth wall break is, you know, just when you talk to the audience or whatever. I mean, I know they used to do it in theater. You mean like Deadpool does through the whole entire movie? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, the one that, it's funny because there's another podcast that talks about it too. But one I used to think of was fourth wall breaks from when I was younger. Bugs um, Bunny. Yeah, Bugs Bunny. Monty <laughs> Python used to do it. Yeah. They would talk to the audience. Um, What's his name used to do it? Mr. Roper used to do it. He didn't talk. He would just look at the camera. Yeah, and smile every time he told a joke. Yeah. That's right. He, he would turn and look at the camera. <laughs> yep. Um, I know I don't watch the show, and I know House of Cards, they do it. But that's oh, almost okay. different. Get, like To me, it has to be like in a comedic way to really make it work. You can't pause the whole thing and then stop and talk, if that's what you mean. Yeah. No. That's... I know like some old comedians used to do it. <laughs> in Blazing Saddles, they did it, but that's a little different. That just popped up on Netflix, Blazing Saddles. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, yeah. Um, a lot of Woody Allen movies, he does it. He'll talk to it. I know Mel Brooks has done it. Some of like yeah. the uh, the old like airplane type movies would do it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he does it. He just turns. He, I mean, he says "God, I love the street" a couple times, but this one, he turns and looks at the camera and says it. Yeah. This is him talking to the camera. Yeah, that's a Joe Dante thing, though. He likes that a uh, little surrealistic element to the movie. Right. That makes it just a little weird. Especially the Corey Feldman doing it, too, was, was the key. Yeah. Again, a lot of other, if another character does it, you'd be like, that's kind of weird. But it's Corey Feldman, so you're like, I understand. Yeah, he quite possibly could have just really did that in his real life all the time, just yeah. stopped and said things. I like, how the hell with it? Leave it in. Yeah. Just leave it in there. It'll be fine. So I don't think I have anything else. My last thing was, uh, God, I love the street. Yeah. You got anything else? No. Thanks for your input. All right. So come over to our Facebook and Twitter. Check us out at the Burbs Minute. Go over to iTunes, give us a five-star review. Go over to Movies by Minutes, check out all the other movies. Um, 
we usually talk about at least one movie per episode, even if it's not intentional. I think we we flew past Harry Potter today, maybe some other stuff. Pretty much, if we mention a movie, more than likely they're doing movies by a minute about it. Um, what else is there? I think that's it for us. Uh, yeah. All right. Like yeah, very good. So, uh, <laughs> God, I love this street, and stay safe, neighbors. <laughs>